You're listening to the Hudson Valley Region Podcast, an official podcast of the New York City Church of Christ, teaching and worshiping God in the beautiful New York State counties of Orange and Rockland. Good morning, Hudson Valley. How's everybody doing today? You know, I got to tell you an old story about an old preacher who was finally invited over to dinner by a couple in his church, and they were in the kitchen preparing the meal, and the preacher was talking to the little boy and says, you got any idea what we're having for dinner tonight? He says, oh, yeah, I know. I know what we're having. We're having turkey. He says, how do you know that? Because my parents said it's about time we had the old turkey over for dinner. <laughs> so I'm thankful you had me over. You know, I had to pick a potluck Sunday to come and be with all of you. But Cynthia and I do want to let you know that we love you and appreciate all the good things that are happening here. Uh, we're going to be talking about a subject that I believe will be uplifting to your spirit. Let's pray together. I, pr- I promise I won't preach too long because even though you pretend that your motives are for God and spirituality, I know we came here for somewhat physical reasons as well. Let's, let's pray together. God and Father in heaven, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for this ministry and all the good that's being done here. I pray that you'd be with us today, that we could move closer to you, closer to one another, and that, God, we could be a light to the world to help others come to know you. Thank you for the New York City Church of Christ and for all the many, many uh, wonderful things you've done throughout the years to bless this church and to bless our lives. We thank you for Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen. Amen. The message that I'm going to talk to you about today can make a difference in your life. You, if you do what we talk about today, can change your marriage. You can change your family. You can make a difference on your job. You might even be able to change the world, and you definitely will make a difference in this church if you do what we talk about today. Turn to Hebrews chapter 3, Hebrews chapter 3, and we're going to look at verses 12 and 14, Hebrews chapter 3, and in Hebrews chapter 3, the Hebrew writer, some believe it was the Apostle Paul, we're not quite sure, says, see to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly to the end, the confidence that we had at first. And my message to you this morning is if you practice this scripture. And what does he say that we're to do? He says, encourage one another daily. Encourage one another daily. There are a lot of things that we're commanded to do in the scriptures. As we study the Bible, we learn the different commands, the different uh, things that, that God wants us to do as Christians. But how often do you read a scripture where the Holy Spirit tells you to do it Daily. Daily. 
says encourage one another daily. You see, we need encouragement. And the Greek word here is parakaleo. And it simply means to comfort, to exhort, to build up, to put courage in to someone. And this kind of encouragement, it has to come from within. So this is why you need to read your Bible every day and pray every day and draw close to God every day so that God can fill you up and then you have something to give to others that's called encouragement. Because it's hard to give something that you don't have. But when I read the scriptures and, and God speaks to me and, and my spirit is moved and I'm encouraged, then I can come and encourage you. When God's blessing my life and I see his promises becoming a reality in, in my family, in my marriage, then I can come and encourage you. And as we grow in Christ, we can offer encouragement to others because we, we are thankful for how God is moving and blessing our lives. We need encouragement. In all my years in, in the church, I've, I've never known anyone who was too encouraging. There was never a time when we had to tell people, stop encouraging. Too much encouraging going on around here. No, we need encouragement. And we need more people to do it. And here he says, look, see to it that, 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 that we don't have, that your brothers and sisters don't have a sinful, unbelieving heart. That is your job. Get in there and make sure that, that, they're, that Satan is not attacking them or that their human uh, sinful nature is not getting the best of them. And build them up in their most holy faith. We need encouragement. So we're going to talk about how to encourage. And we can learn from a man in the Bible named Barnabas. And, and we're, going to, we're going to look at, at Barnabas' life here just briefly and, and, and prayerfully walk away from some, with some things that we can put into practice daily. And so as we look at Barnabas's life, my first point is simply share. Share. That's how you encourage is by sharing. Acts chapter 4, verses 32 through 37. Acts chapter 4. We can learn from Barnabas. But here in, in Acts chapter 4, and he's going to catch up with me here in a minute. Acts 4, in, in verse 32, it says, All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles testified, continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was upon them all. There were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone as he had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. See, this guy's name was Joseph. But because he was so encouraging, 
Because he was a brother in the fellowship who was meeting needs and touching people's lives, the apostles changed his name. And they said, you're no longer going to be Joseph. You're going to be Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. And you see this in the scriptures, that people's names often reflected a part of their character. You had James and John, and who were they? The sons of thunder. Because they wanted to, to blow up things and burn up people who were opposed to Jesus. They just wanted to annihilate Jesus' enemies, and the Lord had to tell them, no, son. And John was transformed into the apostle of love. But he started out a pretty hot-headed guy. And then we know Peter. You know, his name was changed. You know, Simon became Peter Cephas, who was the rock. And he wasn't always a rock, but eventually he became a pillar in the church. What would be your spiritual name this morning? What's your spiritual name? Would it be daughter of encouragement, son of encouragement? Would it be joy? Would it be grace? What would it? Would it be happy? What was your spiritual name? And really, we all need to grow in encouragement. Barnabas was an example. He sacrificed, and it wasn't because he was asked to do it. It was just in his heart. He didn't do it for recognition or praise. He wasn't like Ananias and Sapphira who really sacrificed as well, but they did it for personal glory. And they they exaggerated what they had done. And it wasn't just for the Lord, but it was all about them. Barnabas was not, not that way. He didn't do it for for recognition. He did it solely because he loved the Lord and wanted to encourage the church. And his encouragement affected the fellowship. And people, he was the kind of guy that you wanted to meet in the fellowship, who you wanted to talk to, who you wanted your children to be around, who you wanted to give your babies to. Sometimes you give your babies to some people and the baby starts crying. Other people walk in the room and a cloud comes with them and it starts raining on that side of the room where they are because they don't have the gift of encouragement. They may have the gift of discouragement. But Barnabas had a gift. In Romans chapter 12, Romans 12, we're told we all have different gifts. According to the grace given, if a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Some of you have the gift of encouragement. We know people who have the gift of encouragement. God has just made them in such a way that they naturally serve and give and build up and look for ways to help others, to be inspired, to be encouraged in their walk with God. And and my message here is that to be an encourager, you need to be a giver. Don't be a taker. Be someone who gives. Give your love. Express love. Show affection. Build others up. Because really it, it, it helps you as much as it helps them. The Bible says it's more blessed to do what, church? To give than to receive. You're blessed when you give. You're not blessed when you're selfish. 
and you're just focused on yourself. Give your heart. Say a prayer. Mention a person's name before the Lord and let them know they're on your prayer list. That's encouraging. Give your time. Write a note, an email, a text that builds up that maybe says something in words that you're not able to say face-to-face or maybe to a distant friend who you can't reach. Those notes make a difference. Give your possessions. And if you don't have possessions, then take someone to Starbucks and buy them a cup of coffee. It'll encourage them. Just these little things. Give compliments. Don't be stingy with your compliments. When the sister has worked so hard to look so good, she's got her nails done, she's got her toes done, she's got her hair done, she went to Macy's and she got a a new, new dress and new shoes. Say something. Just don't walk by. Oh, okay. No, say something. Girl, you're looking good today. Praise the Lord. That's what I tell my wife. You're looking flat awesome today. Look at you. Who am I to even be in the same room with your glorious, radiant, wonderful self? That encourages people. Sometimes we're so stingy with our compliment. I don't want to say nothing because they might get prideful. Don't worry about that. The Lord will take care of that. Just don't flatter. Flattery is a lie. But say what's right and good. Build people up. Here's a scripture, Ephesians 4, verse 29. Have you read this one lately? I, I double-dog challenge you to put this one into practice. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. All right, it says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Do I need to say that again? Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. You need to memorize that scripture. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. This is a great scripture. It will make a difference in this church if we all put this scripture into practice. That doesn't mean you don't speak the truth in love. That doesn't mean that that you overlook sin and wrongdoings, but it means that your focus is how can I build you up? How can I encourage you not to be critical, not to be negative, not to to tear people down, but to build them up. And don't listen to other people sharing unwholesome talk. Just tell them, I don't want to hear that. Man, you're disturbing my spirit. I was doing good until you came and messed it all up. Just leave me alone. This is, this, you know, the news is all about bad news. I came here for good news. And Scott was talking about it in the communion today. Words make a difference. Did you know that? Words make a difference. Look at these proverbs. You don't think words make a difference. Your words can turn someone's day around. Either for good or for bad. Your words, just just little. See, husband, sometimes you wonder why your wife keeps asking you, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? How does this look? And you're just like, you got a mirror? Why are you asking me? 
She's not concerned about what the mirror reflects. She wants to know, what do you see? It's your crazy self. What's wrong with you? (laughs) She wants to know what you see. And we're all that way. What what do you see? Because we need the encouragement. Let's look at these Proverbs. Proverbs 12, 18. Proverbs 12, 18 says, Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Proverbs 12, 25 says, An anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word does what? Cheers him up. That's encouragement. Proverbs 15, 23, A man finds joy in giving an apt reply, and how good is a timely word. When you get that phone call at the right time, when you get that text message just at the right time, when someone comes into your life and builds you up just at the right time, when you were, when you were going south and they came and helped you to go north, when you were headed down and they, they, they said the right thing to help you to go up. Proverbs 16:24 says, Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and healing to the bones. Sometimes we need healing. And the words of a good friend can heal our souls. Proverbs 25:11. A word aptly spoken is like apples of gold and settings of silver. Your words make a difference. You can walk out of here today having built up brothers and sisters to a level that they never were before just by your words that come from your heart. Now, the little things. You know, I went to Africa earlier this year, and it was a great trip. I mean, the hardest beds I've ever slept on in my life. That was a little discouraging there in Nigeria. But as I went through my luggage, there was a note from Cynthia. And then that Sunday when I went to preach and I put my, 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 my jacket on, there was another note from Cynthia. And as I took out different clothes during the week, there was another note from Cynthia. And I can't tell you what those notes said because they were so, so personal, so moving. And there I was all these many miles away. And this girl, my girlfriend, was written me notes all week long. It was encouraging. I got to preach this, uh, this past summer at the REACH conference. And you know, you, you know preachers struggle with insecurity. Phil is a great preacher, but it would encourage him every now and then if you came up and said, Brother, that sermon helped me. You can't go, I know he knows you did a good job, so I don't, I don't want to be the one to say nothing because it's my job to keep him humble. No, that's not what he needs. <laughs> but it helps every now and then if someone comes along and says, that message helped me. So, you know, I preached this sermon, and, and then Mark Mancini, a, a, a really great preacher, re- sent me a note, and a part of the note said this about the message I preached. It says it was so needed and so on target, and the souls had a couple of extra O's, so he really emphasized it. It says, last night our region of over 400 met and, and watched the video play of it for our midweek. You got so many amens and applause throughout it. I'm, I'm getting text messages today thanking me for showing. So he showed my message to his church for midweek. Now, I didn't, it didn't go to my head, but I was like, that's encouraging. 
Finally, 41 years, somebody thinks I did a good job. Praise God. He showed the message to his church. You think I wasn't encouraged? Absolutely I was. Man, we need that. We need that. Share. Give. Get out of yourself. Think about others. Build them up. Say it. Say it from the heart. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure. Pressed down. Shaking together. Running over. Will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Encouraged by sharing. Secondly, share. Second, secondly, care. Care. You know, Barnabas was a guy who cared deeply for other people. In Acts chapter 9, Acts 9, beginning in verse 26. You know, in Acts 9, the apostle Paul is brought to the Lord, and he was not an easy conversion. As a matter of fact, it took the Lord Jesus himself meeting this brother on Damascus Road to get his attention. And then the Lord sent him to Ananias, and Ananias asked the Lord, he asked the Lord, do you know what you're doing, Lord? Because this dude, in case you didn't know, (laughs) has been persecuting the church. And of course, the Lord told Ananias, I do know what I'm doing, so you just do what I tell you. And so Ananias went in there, and Ananias was the one who baptized the apostle Paul. At least he has that on his resume. Even though he was reluctant, he, he did do it. And, and he had such a reputation that people didn't even want the brother to come to church. Understand what I'm saying? It's like, I know he got saved, but he can't come here. He got just him and the Lord saved him, so let him be with the Lord. But in Acts 9, verse 26 says, when he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing he was really a disciple. For Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. Sometimes it takes courage to encourage. And Barnabas had the courage to reach out to a man whom others had counted out, had not were unwilling to reach out to, to initiate with. How different would the kingdom be today if Barnabas hadn't taken those steps? There are books of the Bible that would not have been written. There's a leader who would not have raised up to his reach, reach his full potential. See, to encourage another definition that I saw is to come alongside of. To come alongside of. That means to encourage somebody, you walk beside them. You take them with you. You come alongside me. And I'm going to be there for you. And I'm going to help you out. And that's what... what Barnabas was willing to do here. He stepped out faithfully to, to share his heart, to share his convictions. Ecclesiastes 9, Ecclesiastes 4 rather, in verse 9 says this. We all know this scripture. And if you don't 
know the reference. You will know it when you hear it. Two are better than one. Remember that? Because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. See, Barnabas was this guy who helped other people up. And here he's helping the apostle, not the apostle Paul yet, but the one who would soon be the apostle Paul. He helps him up. Who's helping you up? Who's coming alongside you? The Bible says, pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Pity the the disciple who's in a great fellowship like this and is disconnected and has no one to help him up. Pity the marriage that is going through struggle and trial and has no other persons or other couple to help them up, especially in this church. Pity the single who's struggling with insecurity and doubt, who has no one to help him or her up to see that God's called them to a great purpose. And that life is more than just about getting married, but whether you're married or not, God has something great in store for your life. Pity the person who doesn't have friends like that. Thank God for the people in your life who love you unconditionally who encourage you, who look you in the eye and and tell you that they care about you. Pity the family that has no one to help them with their children. Because raising children has always been difficult, but God knows it's hard in these times. Where kids spend more time looking at electronic devices than they do looking at you. Pity the family that has no one to teach them how to discipline and love their children and to get them to a better place in life. And if there's one area that Satan has attacked the church, it's definitely with our children. Don't you ever give up on your children. Let me encourage you. Don't give up on them. I've been there. Our daughter left the church for four years, and it was difficult four years. But God brought her back, and thank God there were people who continued to tell us and whisper in our ears, you hang in there! You keep believing. And we give all the glory to God. But the encouragement to be steadfast and to be uncompromising helped get us through. Some of us, we have the gift of encouragement. You do. Use it. To build up the church because it's so needed. All of us, though, are commanded to to, to, to be encouragers. All of us are commanded. Who are the encouragers in this fellowship? Who are they? Are you one of them? I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. Some people, some people are nodding. That's me. I'm the encourager. You get around me, you'll be built up in your most holy faith. (laughs) But there are people in the Bible who are great encouragers. And and, in Philemon chapter 4, Philemon chapter 4, he says, Paul says, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers. Just think about this personal letter. Because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you may have a full understanding. 
of every good thing we have in Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. Got anybody like that in your life? Got anybody who sees you as that kind of person in their life? This is how Paul made it through. People like Barnabas, people like Philemon. In 1 Corinthians 16, verses 15 and 18, he talks about three men here. He says, I was glad when Stephanus and Fortunatus and Archaicus arrived because they supplied what was lacking from you, for they refreshed my spirit and yours also. Such men deserve recognition. Share. Share your heart. Share your life. Somebody needs it today. Somebody's going to need it this week. That's what these men were like. To encourage is to share. It's to step out of your comfort zone and to consider others better than yourself. The church needs encouragement. You need to become a person like this. And then finally, care, share, my last point. You know i got to make them all rhyme. Dare to go there. Dare to go there. Acts chapter 11. In Acts chapter 11, we've got a situation where people are being converted all throughout the world. And disciples are, you know, that in, the, in the church initially, Everybody who became a Christian was a Jew. The whole 3,000 people who were converted in Acts 2 were all Jews. And that continued for the chapters following until we begin to hit chapter 8 when disciples in their zeal started sharing with Gentiles, non-Jews. And to their surprise, these Gentiles, people like you and me, were open to the gospel. And so the, the Lord, just to get the disciples' attention, has to send men to Peter after he sends him a vision to help him to see, hello, this good news is not just for the Jews. Wake up. It's for everybody. And so Peter gets that as he, Cornelius and his household are baptized. But then down in Antioch, disciples end up down there and they start sharing their faith and people start getting baptized and, and the, the disciples and the leaders in Jerusalem are like, what's going on down there in Antioch? We got to send somebody down there. Because these Gentiles we hear are getting baptized. So they have to choose somebody. You know who they choose? Barnabas. See, they didn't say, well, let's send let's send a security guard down there. Let's send a bouncer down there. Let's send somebody who's going to deal with no, said, We need to send Someone who's spiritual and who's encouraging. So in Acts chapter 11, verse 19, it says, Those who have been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, telling the message only to Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Serene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw the evidence of the grace of God, 
he was a, he, he was encouraged and saw the evidence of the grace of God. He was glad, I'm sorry, and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. And a great number of people believed and were brought to the Lord. And then later on, it says that Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, whom he'd already, already encouraged and helped out. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. They changed the world. They changed the world. But it started because Barnabas was willing and daring to go to a place that few people had ever gone to. Few people were willing to even go there. The Jews were skeptical of even worshiping with Gentiles. And Barnabas helped break down those barriers. What did Barnabas see? Some people just saw pagans. Some people saw a threat. Some people saw disobedience and blasphemy. The Bible says that Barnabas, when he went, he saw the evidence of the grace of God. Evidence of the grace of God. That God's grace extends to all people. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what social status you you have. It doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter who you know or who you don't know. God's grace covers all. And what Barnabas saw was God working. He says, I'm down here in Antioch. He says, I don't see a scandal. I don't see anything to worry about. I see God's love. I see God's mercy. I see God's goodness. You know, we've got so much racial tension in our world because people don't see what Barnabas saw. That diversity and God wanting his church to be multiracial is evidence of God's grace. That it's not just for you, but it's also for me. It's not just for one race of people or one kind of people. But God is glorified when people from all different nationalities in all different backgrounds can come together and love one another and be unified. That is one of the greatest miracles of God. And that's what Barnabas was able to help happen. The Bible says that he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. You know, to to break down the barriers between people, you got to be full of the Holy Spirit. See, because the Holy Spirit, its ways are not our ways. You never know how the Spirit of God is going to move. The Holy Spirit, its ways are not divisive, not dissentious, but the Holy Spirit ways are loving. The Holy Spirit's ways are full of acceptance and grace because the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. You cannot stop the love of God through its spirit. You can send people into a country who can't speak the language, but the love of Jesus will win hearts. It will. And I saw that grace, and I saw the evidence of that grace 
as men encouraged me in my youth to study the Bible. First guy that reached out to me was, was a white guy who was making his rounds in the dorm, following up on my roommate. And I just happened to move from one dorm to his room because we were there to party. So I said, Jerome, I'm coming over there to live with you, so we're going to turn this campus out. Well, I moved to a place where there was a Bible talk back then called Soul Talk. They didn't have them in the dorm where I was. So without my knowing, I moved to where the Soul Talk was. And by the grace of God, these guys reached out to me and another young man by the name of Steve Pipkin who showed me the grace of God and who encouraged me, helped me to become a Christian because when I first went to that church, there were only a handful of black people there, and they were all old folk. So out of, out of consideration and courtesy, I said, I will make it through the service, but then I'm going home and you will never see me again. Because these are not my people. They don't look like my people. They don't sing like my people. There were no instruments. There. I said, this, this is not, that's not for me. But then I saw the evidence of the grace of God, and I was encouraged as people reached out to me and showed me the love of God. See, that's what the church is all about. See, when you come with the spirit of encouragement, that doesn't matter what a person looks like or what their background is, that because Jesus has first loved me, I'm going to love others. That builds up the body of Christ. You know, I think about encouragers in the church. We need them. You know, I'm so encouraged by Phil and Leslie. They are, they are encouragers. And Phil has encouraged me time and time again as I've sent him into some of the most difficult and challenging circumstances that any minister in our church has been in. And I've been behind him. Come on, brother. I know you can do this. The Holy Spirit lives in you and I'm a phone call away. He says, well, Sam, won't you come do it? And that's not the Lord's will. He has put you there. I don't want to take the glory or get the credit. I want you to get it all. So you get on in there, young man, and fight the good fight. And I'm so proud because Phil has has matured and risen above, and he is one of our most effective leaders and evangelists here in the church. To God's glory. Encouragement as we come to a close. You look at Barnabas. Barnabas changed the church. Barnabas changed the world. He wasn't an apostle. He didn't write any books of the Bible. He was just a brother giving his heart who loved the Lord and because the Lord loved him, he loved others. He was a son of encouragement. And that's what we need to be. Today, you can change things. You can make a difference. Encouragement is powerful. It moves people. Changes lives. So what do you got to do? You got to care. You got to share. And I dare you to go there. To look to Jesus, to step outside of your 
selfish comfort zone and to love and to give because God has first loved you. The gift of encouragement, whether you have it or not, encourage, what did the Bible say? Encourage one another what? Yeah. Say it again. Encourage one another what? Yeah. To God be the glory. Put it into practice. Thank you for listening to the Hudson Valley Region podcast. For more information about our ministry or to attend a church service, please visit our website at hvregion.com. 